tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, God's going to sit this one out. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. Fear not. We have a plan, we have an enemy, or series of questions, and we will execute, or really just answer them, both. Uh, before we get started, along with me are Captain Cash. Introduce yourself. I return. He does return. I return, and, uh, perhaps from the dead. And hailing from parts unknown, Chumpzilla. Howdy, folks. Welcome back, loyal listeners. Uh, points of order. You can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at Writer TLK. Captain Cash, where the, can they find you? At C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. And if uh, the intro didn't tip you off, we are doing The Punisher 2004. Why? Because this is the uh, finale of Travolta Month, which we extended as a courtesy to Captain Cash because he missed out on one great Travolta movie and one not-so-great Travolta movie, those being From Paris with Love and The Maniac. So we said, hey. The Fanatic. Maniac. The Fanatic. (laughs) The Fanatic. You know, who the hell cares what it's it called? It was so, bu- so bad, you couldn't even remember the right name. I think The Maniac's a different slasher movie. I'm sure the it maniac, is, yeah. Maniac, Maniac. Now I just like to see John Travolta in Flashdance. Anyway. Uh, so The Punisher is available to rent basically everywhere. It's nowhere free. I own it because it's fucking awesome. And you should own it too. And if you don't, well, shame on you. But you can rent it on iTunes for 99 cents. That's where it's cheapest. And, pardon the pun, that is a steal, quite frankly. Frankly. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to need a couple more drinks, everybody. Yeah. So what are drinks. we uh, drinking tonight, in fact, Captain Cash? Well, uh, we are traditionally drinking beer, um, and I am using the Sweetwater Extra Pale Ale 420. to sort of move things along, but tonight, in honor of Frank and my boy TJ, we're drinking wild turkey. Wild Turkey, because there's two things that happen in this movie. Finest of the whiskeys. <laughs> Thomas Jane drinks Wild Turkey, and he murders people. That about sums it up. And uh, cheers to that. Cheers indeed. I mean, and I will, I will chase my Wild Turkey with a nice cool beverage. I'm pretty sure that's what Thomas Jane was doing before he got into acting, so it makes sense that he does so well in this. He's phenomenal in this movie. So let's get into it. Punisher released, as I said, 2004. Same weekend as Kill Bill Volume 2. Finished second at the box office that weekend with $13.8 million. Ended up with $54.7 million worldwide on a budget of 33. Not a huge flop, but you know it didn't get a sequel after all. So uh, it did do good numbers on DVD. It sold nearly 2 million copies in its first week, which apparently surprised Marvel. Not enough to not create the wretched piece of shit reboot Punisher Warzone. I know we're not talking about Warzone, but I, I thought that was okay. It wasn't a good, it was a terrible movie. 
and the jigsaw was awful in it. But uh, what's his name? Titus Pulo from Rome, Ray Winstone, whatever he is. It's not Ray Winstone. It's uh, Ray Stevenson. That's it. He did. I thought he was a great Frank Castle. Was he? Was he in uh, John Carter from Mars? No. No. Ray Winstone. Jigsaw might have was. Been. The guy who played Jigsaw. Oh, yeah, that's Jigsaw was in. Yeah, he's the bad guy. In <laughs> sir, this, sir right, just move, moving on. What's his moving name? Dominic on. West. Uh, uh, the face. Sorry, sorry. I shouldn't even try to draw that connection. Which, There's so many bad memories. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the other guy from Mars, Martin, the other guy from John Carter with Mars, Mark Anthony in Rome, fake Dominic West, who I can't remember the James Purefoy. It all comes full circle. Hey. Purefoy, yes. <laughs> don't, don't you dare talk down to Purefoy. They all look the same. Uh, so was was Aaron Eckhart in this movie? I'm pretty sure Aaron Aaron Eckhart was he in was this the movie. Stunt, he was the stunt double. So before he was stunt Thomas Jane. <laughs> yeah. Before we jumped on the pod, Chumpsilla, you said that Thomas Jane was a bit stiff. If you think he's stiff in this movie, then. Stevenson has a stick the length of a football field up his ass in Warzone because he can't move at all. He has Oh, so no, he's John Travolta then. He, yes, he has no athletic ability whatsoever. He was a terrible punisher. That movie is an abomination. Wait, does that mean that Punisher Warzone was a sequel to both the Punisher and Face Off where Travolta switched his face with the Punisher? Is that what happened? If that happened, there's your sequel. Way to go. Way to go, Lionsgate. Uh Marvel, you can have that one for free. You blew it. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, another reason this really didn't get a sequel is because it did terribly with critics. 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, 170 reviews. Audience score is better because a lot of people like me think this movie is awesome. 63% B-plus cinema score, which isn't great, but it's better than... Hellboy? This movie is wildly better than Hellboy. Well, the not good Hellboy. Yes, the, the not, not good, good Hellboy. Hellboy. The one that was featured on this podcast. This was uh, directed by Jonathan Hensley, uh, who had, to this point had not directed anything, but he had written several big movies such as Jumanji, The Saint, Armageddon. Uh, I like all of those movies for varying reasons. Some to laugh at more than others. This was first big gig. He also directed, and now we're coming full circle again, 2011's Kill the Irishman, starring who? Ray Stevenson. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Truly, the circle is complete. Yeah. So this movie is starring Thomas, not Aaron Eckhart, but Captain Cash's other doppelganger, Jane, Samantha double-dipping the Travolta chip Mathis, Kevin Big Sexy Nash, Roy, we're going to need a bigger boat, Scheider, Ben 310 to Yuma Foster. Harry, my real name is Mark Colley Heck. I prefer to call him yeah. Harry Heck because he's the man. It is a way better name. Uh, yeah. Will, my acting is far too good for this movie, Patton. And, of course, the man of the hour, <laughs> the lovely John Travolta. The uh, plot, according to IMDb, is this. An undercover FBI agent becomes a vigilante assassin and sets out to unleash his wrath upon the corrupt businessman, John Travolta, who slaughtered his entire family 
at a lovely-looking family reunion in Puerto Rico. I added the last bit myself. So how would you two gentlemen describe this film in one sentence? 2000 The Force, The Punisher, is a half-baked comic book adaptation that is equal parts Death Wish, I Spit on Your Grave, Rambo, and the Boondock Saints combined into an unsatisfying mess of a movie starring not Aaron Eckhart, John Travolta, not Joey Lauren Adams, not Harland Williams, not Ed Harris, Bizarro Dennis Leary, the guy from Jaws, and the world's least efficient hitman, Kevin Tarzan Nash, as the Russian. Also, also not Jennifer Lawrence. She would have been like 12 when this came out, so. Uh, and my one sentence is everything Trumpzilla just said, except it's satisfying. Uh, it's very satisfying, and I would describe it as such. A shirtless, hulking Thomas Jane indulges in an absurd amount of wild turkey, yet that consumption pales in comparison to the pints of blood he sheds. Eh, you know. Uh, so it works. Do we require a light plot reflection of a movie called The Punisher? Because if you're familiar with the character of The Punisher, two things are going to happen. A, his family is going to be violently murdered, and B, he is then going to violently murder criminals in particular those that contributed to the death of his family. That is the movie. Yeah, that, that's basically what makes it a Punisher movie. Unfortunately, that's also what makes it a revenge movie that anything could be. Yes. So, yeah. So, because some people, I have seen articles written about this film that criticize how much of a Punisher movie it really is. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think it checks all the right boxes. But what worked for you about this movie? What didn't work for you about this movie? Because, spoiler alert for me, I love everything about it. I know it's bad. <laughs> I, the script in points is unbelievably bad. But I can't get enough of it. So, Chumzilla, what do you think? You know, the plot of this movie suffers a bit because it falls into the Batman trope of like we have to see the Waynes get killed again. It's like, we already know who the Punisher is. His identity already defines who he is. His backstory is implied. So I think it's a little self-indulgent to go through that whole elaborate Puerto Rican death scene. But okay, we get it. We get it. The guy gets done dirty. He, he's not a cop in this movie, as in the comics. He's an FBI agent. He's undercover. He gets mixed up. Organized crime takes out his family at a family reunion. And and they bring in the in-laws in this version. And again, I thought that was a little too much. Like, it made it bigger than it needed to be. You don't have to have 30 people murdered to justify Punisher's vengeance. I think the beauty of the Punisher in the comics is his immediate family. It's the wife and kids. You and it's random. His- it's not a hit. It's, they're just in the park and they get caught. They're in the wrong fire. place at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. So it seemed a little, okay, it was a little convoluted. It, it starts off more complicated than it needs to be versus the source material. And, and, and I think that's the problem because the rest of the movie tries to justify the scope of that. And it just gets silly. It just, the thing just gets silly. And then they try to shrink it down in the end because it ends up being, 
okay, so he he didn't really die. He's still alive, and he's going to now exact his revenge. But uh, again, they, they 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 didn't keep it small. It, it's not just the mobsters. It's it's this whole side story with Rebecca Romaine Stamos and her boyfriend and yeah but those three he, he, anna- he, he but he announces himself to the public so he's he's now out in the yeah. open it just but Jones Backer Dave Nathan Bumpo that's all from Welcome Back yeah Frank, which is what this is heavily based on yeah I, I get that but in in the world they try to build none of that stuff works the plot just gets messy and bloated and mm. Uh, yeah, it it just gets it, it it gets unnecessarily weird. Um, Here's what I would say. I agree that giving Frank three morality pets in the form of his neighbors does make Frank a little bit more likable. Which I don't think the Punisher should ever be likable. That's kind of the problem with this movie. Yeah. Here, the Punisher really is kind of a superhero. Not, you know, a mentally disturbed man who goes around straight up murdering people. Uh, and maybe again, they deserve think, it, but... No, I think that, to your point, you're right. The, the the point of a character like the Punisher is that he's got a singular focus. And I feel like it, it got... That gets diluted when you try to humanize him too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he—he's not so. You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to relate to him. You're supposed to be shocked by his behavior, and I feel like they tried to do a little bit of both. Because you know, mm. obviously, he wasn't supposed to be likable. He was grumpy. He was drinking, and all that. But he ended up being like, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but he was a troubled alcoholic, and he had some neighbors that were trying to help him out. Like, he, hey, hey, he was maybe, cool drinking though. He was, yeah, he was cool, but they're like, drinking. But but they were like maybe you should kill less. We we like you, Frank. Maybe maybe you murder less. We could hang out. Like, okay, you're you're dragging this whole thing down. I get it. Uh, the trouble is right. There wasn't a lot of R-rated comic book movies at the time. Blade Two was the last. I mean, there was yeah, not Blade. a good template for this. There's not a good template for this. And he's not. Uh, he's one of. He's probably one of my favorite Marvel characters. But he's not an extremely popular character. And for all the reasons you mentioned, because he's dark, he's depressing, and he's he's a, sort of a psychopath. He's extremely popular. In a ways. Yeah, no. you got He sells a ton of merchandise. Great. Yeah, people buy those skull shirts all the time, man. Cool. Uh, Do they buy the comics? Well, 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 let's just be clear. This is this is a problematic character in that regard. He 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 is Rorschach with a gun. Yeah, he's 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 Batman without a moral compass. He's a lot of things. He's know? a black he's a black and white guy, big black and white moral decision guy, killing people. I think the biggest problem with this movie is everything you mentioned, and it is the characters that they include to humanize them. I get their service to it, but the fact that Rebecca Romaine is like basically lusting after him is just the stupidest part of the movie. And he's no, like, it's not. Did you see his abs? Well, I mean, I <laughs> listen, get it. Let's be fair. But Thomas Jane is a dead sexy man, especially yeah, in 2004. I mean, Have you not seen HBO's Hung? Yeah, I, Mystique was all over that. I don't blame her. They live in a they I, live in a, <laughs> in a building with four apartments. It's like this shithole in the middle of nowhere. They're this like merry band of misfits, 
and she immediately falls in love with the guy that's clearly up to no good. It is the stupidest part of the plot. And she's entirely too hot to be living there. Yeah, that's like, the funny thing. Make... If you read the Welcome Back, Frank, Joan is just this mousy small person who's not at all Rebecca Remain Stamos. Wait, yeah. was she Rebecca Remain Stamos at this point? Or still Rebecca Remain? Rebecca Remain, well, I believe. It depends. If uh. she's Stamos, then Uncle we Jesse must... hadn't worked his magic, yeah. magic yet. We must ask the question, who wins in a fight, Uncle Jesse or the Punisher? It's a toss-up. <laughs> Uncle Jesse defeats this Punisher eight days a week. Uh, this this Punisher. Ooh. 98 to 2005, she was Rebecca Remain Stamos okay, at so this time. Go, so. I contend her lusting after Thomas Jane is what caused that divorce. Points, Man. Thomas Jane. You can't. Screw it up. Screw yeah. you, Uncle Jesse. You can't fake the eyes she Whoa. was making. That's Whoa. not acting. I'm telling you. As a macho man had once said, he, had, he she had those jealous eyes. The cream the rises jealous to eyes. the top. We're we're getting way off target here because we should be talking about the man of the hour, as you said, Mister Wizard Travolta. And I oh. would just say my biggest disappointment in this movie was not his hairpiece. Oh, it was bad. His hairpiece is spectacularly bad. It's bad. I, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I, I, I had no I had no problems with this hair. As we this discovered with the fanatic, you know Jack all about bad hair pieces because you thought that toupee was good. I thought it was great. He had, um, a, he had a dead chinchilla on his head in the fanatic. <laughs> didn't bother me, but I will say this. Um, I felt like he was dime store Tony Montana in this movie. Are you mixing up Joe Montana and Tony Montana? <laughs> Joe Montoya? What's going on? Yeah. I felt like he was he was such a generic villain in this movie. Like it it, it just didn't it just didn't like, I felt here's the thing. I wanted more Charlie uh Wax in his performance. I felt like Travolta was too Fuck. subdued. Well, in this really, role. he has his moment. Yeah, when he's yelling at yeah, but... uh, the Cubans, and he goes, "We're not covering your fucking losses." I mean, that's it's classic yeah. John going yeah. over the top. And just remember, we have more guns than you do. <laughs> and 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 then and not Ed Harris says, "Well, no, we don't." But no, I I, I wanted I wanted more out of Travolta. I wanted him to chew the scenery up some more. Like, I felt like. I wanted the full-on Charlie Wax treatment here. All right, Chumzilla, what about your mother's gone? Where? She took the train. Nailed it. Oh, so bad. God. Uh, what does he say about... Where's Quentin? He's wrapped up in something. He's wrapped up in something. That's it. Oh, my God. Oh. This is Johnny T at his finest. Maybe he underplays it a bit. But this is good trouble. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was not. I wanted more. I wanted more. Personally, I'm just saying I want more. Maybe he, there was maybe way he more came back so he could suffer here. more, so we could kill him again. <laughs> exactly. It just he's just so didn't... great. Uh, so no, obviously no, Travolta terrible. works. When, on when every he throws level. the gun on the guy and it bounces off and slides at the side, and everybody's just like, "Cool, that's what happened." Yeah, so I would have been like, "Fuck no, do another take where the gun sticks." No, Here, nah, fuck here's it. the problem. Just let it slide off of him. Travolta's awesome in this movie, but 
he doesn't have the best lines. Quint Glass has the best lines. I agree with you 100%. The writing of this movie was shit, and the directing was shit. I've complained about editing and stuff before, but this entire movie looks like it's shot by like a kindergartner. It's terrible. Okay, you're going too negative here. we got to balance no. this out. <laughs> no. This movie rules no. for a number of reasons. No, it's awful. If I wanted it's you dead, Mickey, near... I would have left you in jail where we have friends. And in some way, I could only describe as deeply pornographic. It's pornographic. <laughs> Look, no. this movie might not be good, but there are parts of this movie that are excellent. And the all, fight scene between yes. Kevin Nash and the Punisher. Again, you have to put this in the context of 2004. By that point, we had two Spider-Man movies. I don't even think we had the second one yet. We had one Spider-Man movie. We had a, a couple of Blades. We had what? I mean, that was and a couple of X-Men movies. Yeah. And into this came the hard R Punisher. And there wasn't any superheroics. There wasn't any super abilities. It was a dude who drinks wild turkey as a superpower and doesn't die of liver failure. And just gets in massive angry fights. Plus, it brought Johnny Cash back to life after he had died the year before in the form of Mark, or well, what's his name? Tim Colley? Mark Harry Colley. Heck. Yeah, it, as Harry Heck. Heck. Man, and that that in time song is incredible. Now, it, it is less than the sum of its parts. I still think Travolta puts in a memorable performance. Thomas Jane is a good Punisher. Not, I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm more of the John Bernthal guy. I like TJ, buddy, I love you. Uh, call me. Okay, save it because we're gonna get there. But you know, he, he put in a good performance as the Punisher. There was just a lot going on, and it didn't need to have a lot going on. All I can add to those comments is that Captain Cash looks a lot like Thomas Jane, so I don't think he's really an objective observer here. Listen, I will. That's I will all I'm saying. Thomas Jane hard, and no, I'm not an objective observer. Thomas Jane is great. Everybody should see everything Thomas Jane is in all the time. I, I think this movie was much, much worse than From Paris with Love. Well, I would t- I would agree with that. What? Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I also love both of them. In, in Travolta context, I, I'm not arguing that, that Thomas Jane didn't do a good job of trying to be the hard R Punisher, but I'd also argue that I think the Dolph Lundgren version... Okay was also a good hard R Punisher. Watch it again. I did, today. You're insane, then. You are a yeah, crazy person. And, and I, what I will say is that you can definitely tell the budget was higher in the Thomas Jane Punisher, but the 89 Punisher with Dolph Lundgren was more fun. Until like the last like twenty minutes when it gets like super weird, but that's the eighties. So I don't know. I but, haven't watched that but, Punisher in a while. But it's this terrible. movie is legitimately fun in parts. Mm-hmm. I disagree with Chumpzilla hard. I mostly agree with Captain Cash. This is just a hard-hitting, shitty throwback action movie with a lot of script and plot issues. You ignore all that because it channels movies of the sixties and seventies. I know the director and his cinematographer, Conrad Hall, they watched dozens of action, mil- action films from those eras. 
They credit Dirty Harry, The Gateway, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, The Godfather. You see inspiration in this, and maybe it lacked the proper budget to do it the way it wanted to, which we'll talk about. But this movie's a lot of fun, if for anything, just for the Russian fight, for the brief scene with Harry Heck, and for the ending, which is, the, for my money, the best Punisher scene we've had, aside from one that's not in any movies. Now, I do have serious questions about this film. Very serious questions. One of them revolves around the family massacre at the beginning. I'm of the mind that may have been a bit of an overreaction from Dear Liv, Howard Saint's wife. What do you guys think? Uh, it's funny, I think, because they're, they're trying to set up... They need to justify killing Olivia Saint. So making her more evil than John Travolta is the only way to do that. Because in this movie, the Punisher goes to extreme lengths to frame the right-hand man and the wife of John Travolta. Howard Saint is is this character's name. To get Howard Saint to kill both of them. And the only way you could possibly still be on the Punisher's side after having done that was if you made the wife as evil as possible, and that's how you do it. And I just, I don't know. I mean, it's fine, but it goes back to, I feel like the movie would have been stronger if Frank didn't have that motivation or that we, that we the audience, weren't provided with that safe out of, oh, no, 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 it's okay that... Frank is doing all this terrible stuff because the wife is the one who really wanted the entire family murdered. I just want to point out the major plot flaw is that Otto Krieg, Frank Castle's undercover German persona, doesn't actually murder Howard Saint's son because he's fake dead at the time. So it's a lot of misdirected blame, which makes it an overreaction for me. Chumpzilla, what do you think? Well, I'll just comment. Not really, because he was the one that de facto set up the deal that caused the death. So he's ultimately responsible for the outcome. He didn't tell him to pull the gun. He said, no, no, awesome. but he, he, but he, he set up the, the deal. So he's sort of responsible, but regardless, let's, let's ignore that for a moment. Uh, was Liv's decision a little over the top? Yeah, I think so. She was out for revenge, but we also find out later in the movie that murder makes her horny. So maybe Again, that was her motivation. To make her super evil. Yeah, she was, evil she was a little weird. We, we talked uh, a lot about but, Rebecca Romaine's lusty eyes for Thomas Jane. And I'm just saying, if you're rolling with Johnny T, do you need that amount of murder to be turned on? It's Johnny. Depends on well, the number of Phaetons you have, I think. Yeah. Good and point. that hair piece maybe wasn't that convincing. I don't Ooh, know. But, yeah. <laughs> Regardless, regardless, what really shocked me about that when she like dramatic and this is like super cheesy, dramatically lifts up her veil and his whole family killed his whole family. It's like there's no way that the mob people be like, yeah, just just make it happen. No, they've been like, bring me back an ear. I, I want evidence. That's what that's what I thought was strange. Side note. Laura Herring, the woman who plays John Travolta's wife, is also known as Laura Elena Countess von Bismarck Schonhausen. And I would like to know more. Actually, yeah. Anyway. What's that all about? 
Um, uh, listen, I got to figure this out. She's the uh, first she, Mexican she married, American Miss America. This is true. Uh, and in 1987, she married Car- Count Carl Edvard von Bismarck Schoenhausen. Wait, the I great, think. Great grandson of Otto von Bismarck. I think this was the plot to the first G.I. Joe movie. I, I think this also ties into Captain America. Is she Baron von Zemo? She might be. That's how the Baron uh, is. Or Baron the Baron Zemo, is I mean. in the uh, G.I. Joe movie. She marries some uh, yeah. French guy. Yeah. It's not a good movie. So, one of my other big problems with this movie is how stupid Frank's plan is. By your estimation, how many things could have easily gone wrong with his elaborate setup of Quentin Glass and Liv Saint? Because there's one huge flaw in this whole design. I'm wondering if you two caught it. I don't know how you couldn't have. Nobody? Nope. She she leaves her purse in the car with the $50,000 earrings twice? She never put the earrings away? And they never, and no one ever talked to each other. Yeah, that's yeah. the key. It's, it's well, the idiot slot. They also don't love each other, really. She doesn't love Howard. I was so confused when he started moving the fire hydrants. Well, that yeah. was inspired I'm, by I'm like, uh, what? Jonathan Hensley's old neighbor in New York who literally parked for free for two years in Manhattan doing that same trick. But, but I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, what am I watching? This doesn't make it look a sense. I'm like, because Jeff, then nobody it, could it take the parking space. Come on, stick with it. I know, I, 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 I get it, but it's like, how the fuck does that work? And and Tampa, how does that work in Tampa? People like. And the whole speed. point was, <laughs> it's like watching a dumb version of Batman. What the heck am I watching here? Batman. What is going on? But Blues Clues. Yeah, but Blues Clues Batman. I'm like, all right, that's actually a pretty good description for it. Yeah, and and to your point about about the earrings. Wait a minute. First off, those those were big honking earrings. Is she just like chucking those away? Like whatever, I'll wear them whenever. You know, she was wearing those on date night. I think that was to show, though. Even though I think it's really dumb, she would have never left them in the car. I think that was to show that she really had no particular affection for Howard. Like, he gave her this $100,000 gift or whatever, and she just left it in her purse and tossed it around like it was nothing. But the movie does a really poor job of making any of the human interaction deeper than surface level. So you don't get any of that. They did not give Travolta nearly enough to do in this movie. Yeah, this is fair. Travolta month. He he had a pretty vanilla role. He wasn't particularly evil. He didn't he didn't have any big splash moments. He was mostly just kind of like a paint by numbers villain in this. I still feel like he acquitted himself well in this. Though. If you put somebody else in this role, it's not nearly as memorable or enjoyable because almost all the reasons I love this movie is because it's a B movie trying to be wrapped up in an in a more quality films body it's clearly not very good it doesn't really have any clue it's not very good and it sets us up for like the next 15 years of what john travolta is going to become which is nicholas cage's light or crystal clear nicholas cage or uh, nicholas i feel cage like it's nick nolte light but all right 
No, 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 no. Nick Nolte doesn't do no. any crap movies like this. Here's the difference between this movie and a Nick Cage movie. Oh, wait. Nick... Let me... Gary Busey-like. Excuse me. Oh, Gary okay. Busey-like. Well, that's more fair, yeah. Nick Nolte's like, you know, he's still Nick Nolte, just older and crotchetier. <laughs> I have no, spoken... It did... If this had been a Nick Cage movie, you would have had a fist fight between Nick Cage and Thomas Jane. Like there, there would have been a, a, a literal physical confrontation. They would the have shot a scene. This guy would have gone at it. Is he's a straw man, and the most cowardly thing in the world they can do is kill this man's entire family, and they do it. And when they, when their chickens finally come home to roost, he has nothing he can do to stop this guy he's used all his money all his resources to throw everything he can at him and he fails every time and when he finally has that moment he dies like a coward that's the whole point yeah but nick cage wouldn't have accepted that he said no i gotta have a fight you gotta give me more screen time nick cage would have his foot down and said no i need to be you can't just drag my ass to a car park and let my ass on fire it's got to be. It's gonna be more than that. And my hair piece needs to be at least twice as bad. Yeah. Well, which leads us to our next question. Uh, worst Travolta wig of this podcast series: Battlefield Earth, The Fanatic, or this? Now, remember, Battlefield Earth has that whole sort of dreadlocks. Uh, he's got the the hair coming out of the bottom of his chin. Basically, his yeah. weird neck beard. Oof. You know what? It I listen. I like this movie, but I think this is the worst hairpiece because it's meant to look good. Like the creature effects in Battlefield Earth are ugly to look at, but they're memorable. And the fanatic—that's a terrible hairpiece, but it's also a terrible haircut. So it kind of hides mm-hmm. how bad the the hairpiece is. The hairpiece in this movie. It's meant to appear as though it is, it is good and fashionable, and it is not either of those things. Yes, he's supposed to look like a rich man with like a super nice haircut. He's in suits the whole movie. I'm inclined to agree with you. I think this is the worst one uh, because of a lot of the points you mentioned, but also in Battlefield Earth, he's not the only one wearing that stupid wig. So he kind of blends yeah. in with the rest of the dipshits wearing it. Oh god, and that's such a worse movie than bad. any of the ones. They do all look bad. That's my point. This one, I have zero issues with this hairpiece. Again, this might be the fanatic uh, uh, blinding my judgment here, but the fanatic hairpiece that was believable, no problems. This hairpiece, believable, no problems. Battlefield Earth, problems. This hairpiece literally almost fell off like seven different times. I know, like it, it like threatens to flop forward at several points. <laughs> when like, he throws Liv ooh. onto the train tracks, it is, it is hanging okay. on by every plug. <laughs> let's let's be honest though. Let's be honest. His hairpiece is not the biggest problem in that scene. That scene is unimpeachable. It's the Wilhelm scream out of the. Not it's not actually a Wilhelm. It, scream. It's not it's good. It's not good. His uh, whole. The whole fact that he murders his wife over the flimsiest, flimsiest of evidence is is a bigger problem than his hairpiece. Again, this is to suggest he's had She suspicion. literally tells him that, by the way, not Ed Harris is gay. 
Well, he had already killed his best friend by that point. Yeah, it's a little late. And He's wrapped in a rug, so. All right, next question. Best action scene of the film. I gave you a list of nominees. The Castle Family Massacre, not my favorite. A little hard to watch when you have kids. Castle versus Harry Heck. Castle versus the Russian. Uh, and I left some out. And then finally, Castle unloading on Sate's hunting party. I'll defer to you. There's only one right answer, and it's it's the Punisher versus the Russian from an action set point. I absolutely loved everything about Harry Heck. I love that song. I've had that song on whatever audio device, whether it was an iPad or an MP3 player or an iPhone or whatever. I've had that on every single one of them. I love that song, and I love like how just weird and crazy and out of nowhere it is that they're sending these goofy fucking assassins after this guy who will sing a song for him or just come at him with bare hands. But that, that fight scene between Frank and the Russian, like they hadn't made an extended brutal fight sequence like that. I mean, like since they live basically, Apparently they legit beat the shit out of each other. So, like, it was hard. It it. took two days to film that scene. I read that uh, Thomas Jane actually stabbed Kevin Nash. That is (laughs) the prop knives. Yeah, that is uh, the rumor. So, Chumpzilla, favorite action scene? Okay, well, I'll break down the scene you laid out. Um, The the Castle Family Massacre, um, I think the biggest sin there that was shot very generically... And that whole truck on the pier thing was just ripping off. Hard to believe. Just let me. uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop you for one second. The biggest sin of that scene is the guy who gets blown up behind the barbecue being clearly in the flame retardant suit because they must run out of budget or something. But it's clearly not the same guy. No CGI way that flame retardant suit again. 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the guy that gets shot trying to ride away in the mar- the motorcycle, mm-hmm. his body's not there when uh, Tom's Jane gets on the motorcycle to ride away. The Candelario saved him. <laughs> but but the whole the whole pickup truck on the pier and it goes down the pier and runs over the not uh, Joy Lauren Adams and the kid, and that disappears and then it pulls back out of the alley all menacing like. That's a narrow-ass fucking pier. There's no way those dickheads pulled in, pulled out, pulled in, pulled out, and turned around all that shit just in time for Thomas Jane to show up. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that wasn't Regard- happening. No. Regardless. That, that was fucking nuts. Okay, so so that... And not to mention, you could also tell there's budget problems there because the gunplay in that scene was not great. You could see a bunch of dudes running around shooting blanks with hard cuts here and there. There was not a lot of money in that scene. And then Castle vs. Harry Heck, you know what? That was weird, and I liked it because the musical number and all that, it was, it was kind of a weird interlude. But in the end, after the car chase part, there was a clear opportunity to kill Frank Castle. It goes out with a whimper. Because, because all the villains in this movie are stupid, it didn't happen. So Again, that was kind of... the Russian goes at him with hands. Yeah. Wait, but my point. My point is, Harry Heck could have shot him in the face, but oh, instead yeah. he calls he calls him out for being a dumbass. 
You and then he gets bastard, you brought a knife to a gunfight. And he probably falls victim to the worst visual effect in the movie, which is the weird, the ballistic, Muppet, knife. the weird Muppet knife shot thing. I'm like, what the? That, that literally took me out of the movie for a second. I'm like, what the fuck did I just see? That's terrible. Yeah, okay, no, so I, move. It bugged me too, but no, it's it, that's a real thing. Moving on. Okay, so Castle versus the Russian. Okay, this, in my opinion, was almost interesting, but I'm sorry. Such I'm sorry. Hater. As much as I, I know, as much as I'm going to take Kevin, yeah, I, I hope, I hope bad things happen to you and only to you. Um, <laughs> Kevin Nash wearing the candy cane shirt bugs the fuck out of me. That's from the comics. Mm. I, I, I get that, but on the screen, it looks stupid as hell. It's like, why is the Punisher getting fucked up by Where's Waldo? And he's a mute. Kevin Nash is a charismatic guy. That dude needed some lines. I think he like, should have went and dressed whole... as Big Daddy Cool Diesel. With his entrance music. <laughs> At this point, I'm not going to argue with you. I think that needed some juice because the whole mute thing and the weird blonde dye job and the candy cane shirt. I just couldn't take it seriously. I'm just like, well, here's a question. Make this more threatening. Worst die job. Kevin Nash is a blonde or Thomas Jane is a uh, black hair? Yeah, TJ, buddy. <laughs> that's no. not great. That's not doing you any favors. They should have just let him be no. blonde like like Daniel Craig's Bond, to be honest. Because like, is the black hair really super necessary? <laughs> I have the no. I have no problem with the brunette Thomas Jane. I, is, I, I just uh, feel like Kevin Nash needed some more stuff. Hey, and this is the Punisher that works at Hot Topic. <laughs> we've seen Kevin Nash be more dynamic in other roles. We know that guy's got the chops. They could have done more with that. The whole scene was muted, in my opinion, because he was a mute. There, there, there should have been some dialogue there. Did you hear the dialogue in this movie? Did we? Do we need any more of it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure that actually would have improved it. Bear with me. That fight scene, I agree. On a surface level, it was the most intense. It was the most complicated. It was the most over the top. And it was it was better for it. It was better for it, right? Was that not one of the What's greatest fight scenes in the movie? What's not to love about it? Yes. The no-cell no getting stabbed in the arm. Spectacular. The, the grenade, the secret revolver, everything works. If any scene needed a, a quippy one-liner, that was it. Boy, somebody peed in your Cheerios this morning. You watch both Punishers. The final fight hey. of this movie contains the shot that I, I hated when I saw it in the movie theater in 2004, and I hate now, where he blows up the cars and he's blown up the cars into the Punisher's skull. Okay, I so, fucking hated that. Okay, and I'm with you on that because that's cliche as shit. Because you're Who stealing it from for? Daredevil and you're stealing that? it from the Crow. You're stealing it from Daredevil and the Crow. They both did the over the top logo fire shots. That is cliche as shit. Okay, you guys are all too negative. The, the flaming skull is not great. It also would have taken him far too long, which would have mean the hunting party would have already been out because it would take him like nine hours to put that all together. It's ridiculous. To set that up Hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Because we're here now. 
the whole concept of hooking John Travolta's chunky ass up the back of a car and dragging his ass across the parking lot is way messed up. Okay, like that's like that's that's like that's way beyond you know normal levels of sadistic weirdness. We're like grinding dudes into the ground now and lighting them on fire. So this movie takes it to like to eleven right there. Wow. That whole last scene is just nuts. The last scene is as close to a perfect action scene as you can have. There's a lot of great kills in that scene. A lot of great kills. Yeah, the the handing. Yeah. John Saint the the grenade. Before we get there, I still think Castle versus the Russian is the best action scene in the movie because I love hand to hand fist fights, people slugging it out. That scene is great. I don't need Kevin Nash to say anything. I need him to kick the shit out of Frank, and he does that, and he delivers. He yeah. hits him with a toilet. He throws him through a wall. It's perfect. Now, he hits him with the whole toilet. See, when I saw that scene, I thought he was going to the top, top of the tank. It's not a top of the tank, is it, Mr. Weather? It's the, it's the whole toilet. The whole damn whole toilet. toilet. Uh, so within the action scenes we mentioned, and some we did not, there's a lot of great kills. I want to know which of Howard Saint's sycophants got it the worst. Getting barbecued by the barbecue man, who, of course, turns into a stunt double. Arrow to the throat guy. Hard-boiled Russian. Knife to the butt cheek and then through the chin guy. Paper cutter head. Or, isometri- mm-hmm. or isometrics with the anti-personnel mind guy. You killed my son. No. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. And then lastly, of course, Howard Saint and his torturous journey through the flaming cars, which at the time we didn't know were super accurately built to make look like the skull, but they were, which is just the cherry on top. Boom. I got to give it to uh, letter opener head. That paper cutter head. <laughs> paper cutter. Yeah, it's like the full on like machete. <laughs> Apparently, industrial blade just that, that's bizarro Dennis Leary they were supposed to that's yeah. Peter Coyote they were supposed to uh, zoom in on that but that was nixed by the ratings board it's too too gruesome I do love that kill Peter Coyote had it coming or Dennis Leary whoever you want to call him Chumpzilla yeah, bizarro bizarre dentistry. So my number one is the knife to the butt cheek guy with the knife through the chin. Yes. Because I I, I thought the knife appearing through the, the guy's effect. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That was a yeah. good visual. And I, I hadn't seen that before. I'm like, that's unique. I like that. Because the rest of the stuff was relatively generic. There's two reasons that's great. Uh the moan he makes when he gets stabbed in the ass. Ooh. <laughs> And the fact that that's the payback kill of the movie. That guy killed his dad. That's the guy yeah, you he, want him to kill he, the entire He movie. remembers him from Puerto Rico, yeah. yes. At the annexation of Puerto Rico, which is what they called their secret massacre. I'll also say Little that giants. the poor bastard that got barbecued and you know got blown out in the flame-retardant suit from that uh, Puerto Rico scene, uh, there's also a shot where they're firing at him and they shoot the salad out of the salad bowl. The bowl doesn't move, but the salad in it is ejected 
which I thought was a great effect. It's like, you know, hold on. The guys were shooting shotguns, and they just managed to knock the salad out of the bowl. The bowl does move. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 professionals. They literally shot the salad out of the bowl. Yeah, good times. Moving on. Two more questions. Is this peak Kevin Nash, the Russian? Uh, I will take a buy on this because I can't think of anything else Kevin Nash is in. All right, to help you out, Captain uh, no. Cash. He's the Super Shredder. He's Tarzan. Oh, nope. He's Bass Tarzan. from Dead or Alive. Yes, the male stripper in Magic Mike. Tarzan. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. This, this is not peak Kevin Nash because he has no lines. Kevin Nash has more charisma uh, than this move ga- uh, movie gave him credit for. He, yeah, he was underutilized in this movie, clearly. He's, um, he's charming. He could, he could have had a bigger role. End of story. I'm going to give it to uh, Ninja Turtles 2, Super Shredder. It's got to be it. Peak Nash? Well, here's the funny thing about that is that was his first role. And he wasn't even really big in wrestling yet. So being the Super Shredder is probably what propelled his career. So in a peak sense, early. that is Peak Nash. That He hit it no. big because of Super Shredder. But my votes for this, he got stabbed for Christ's sakes. He got stabbed yeah, by Yeah, he Thomas literally Bruce. got stabbed. And I don't say that lightly because I love Ninja Turtles. He was a politician in Tennessee. This is not Peak no, Nash. No, no, no. no. That's Lawler. That's, that's Kane. Fake Diesel is the politician in Tennessee. He's the mayor of a small town in, in Tennessee. I thought Nash was too. No, that's Kane. But Kane did play fake Kevin Nash when Kevin Nash went to WCW. So maybe. Oh, that's okay. My research might have crossed up. Yeah, I don't say it lightly. I love. Obviously, the Super Shredder moment's great, especially as a kid. So, wait, how tall is is Kane? Mm, they're pretty close in size, but I think he's shorter than Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is six foot ten, according to the internet. Yeah, they're not far off from each other. He's a is large huge. human. Yeah. I, I am sorry. I apologize. Uh, you should apologize to Kevin Nash because you just mistook him <laughs> for Kane. <laughs> who once played a fake dentist of Jerry the King Lawler. So, And also, wasn't he also uh, Michael Myers in one of the... No, that's Kane. No, he that's, was uh, Michael Myers. He... he was Jacob Goodnight from See No Evil. Yeah. Tyler Maine, yeah. who played Sabretooth, was Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie movies. Now... Uh, oh, y- yes, who, who was Kevin Nash's tag team partner? Last question. And then we're going to do some interesting things, followed by a Punisher quiz. But where does this Punisher rank on the scale of adaptations to you? Captain Cash, you already kind of briefly mentioned yours, so we'll let you finish. As a refresher, you've got Lundgren. He was the first in the 80s. Jane Stevenson Bernthal, who was the most recent, obviously from the Netflix show. Peak Punisher for me was Bernthal. They got the character. Netflix nailed it. But I I have a hard time between Thomas Jane and Ray Stevenson because I think they both did good takes on a a different character. Like, 
I like that Ray Stevenson's character is this just giant wall of muscle that feels utterly no pain and doesn't really have much of a conscience beyond, oh, I have this very strict black and white moral code that I'll do my best to adhere to. Um, I hate and that movie. I, I, look, I agree it's not a good movie, but it's the most Punisher comic book adaptation I've seen. Not, I don't mean that it's good. I mean that it's faithful to the insane nature of the comic. In, a, in ways, yeah, for sure. Uh, I just think it's just a terrible So, movie. bottom of the barrel is Lundgren. Sorry, buddy. Okay. Uh, I will go real quick. I agree. Burnthal and Jane are the battle. It's a two-horse race. I mm. love uh, the Netflix Punisher. Please bring it back, Disney+. Plus. I really don't see it happening. I think the strongest parts of that is that it actually addresses that this guy might have some issues he's retained from being in the service and seeing and doing some things that aren't so nice. He's a broken character in a lot of ways, and it's not just because his family died, right? They, they show that even when his family's alive, he's struggling with some things. Jane's my favorite, though, and I will disclose why at a later time. Last... Stevenson, screw that movie. That movie sucks. And Lundgren's right in the shit barrel with him. That movie's terrible, too. But at least it's Dolph Lundgren, right? And we all love him. We He's a pensive member. Love Dolph. All right, over to Chumzilla. <clears throat> the nostalgia factor takes over for me because. <laughs> oh, God, you're not going to do this, are you? I hate to. S- <laughs> I'm, I am. I am. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. But yeah, Dolph's. Punisher is number one for me. Oh no! I, oh god! I, I, I watched the movie on VHS as a kid. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I had the Punisher's battle van, the toy, the Toy Biz toy, back in the day, and I was not even a huge Punisher fan, but it was such a cool toy. I had to have it, and it's awesome. Look it up on eBay. It's great. The battle van, awesome. How anyway, much is regardless. it on eBay? Uh, entirely too much money. I'll say that. It's it's it more than you want to spend for it. But it, it was great. I enjoyed it. Actually, <clears throat> back in the day, they had a six-inch uh, Punisher action figure. You could put the, the caps in his back. And he had a little oh, and mechanism. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. yeah, pop, pop, pop. And he, back in the great 80s tradition, 80s and early 90s tradition of marketing R-rated movie toys to kids. Good times. <laughs> uh, good times. But, yeah, Lundgren gets number one. That movie, it's terrible for a lot of reasons, but I still love it. And I think it's better than this one. I'll give uh, Barenthal some credit because uh, Shane from The Walking Dead is probably the more accurate portrayal of The Punisher. A little more uh, realistic. And then I'll I'll throw it out to, to Jane because TJ did his part. He loved the role. And actually, I think that's really noble on his part. He did research and wanted to embrace it and really wanted to follow it up. He thought this was a franchise. He thought this was something he could sink his teeth into. And he turned down other comic book roles. He turned down a role in X-Men. Yeah. 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 Who would they have uh, cast well, him in X-Men? Uh, Does it matter? Tooth? It's TJ. I mean, no, but I'm just curious. Could have been anybody. I, I, wanna... I thought it was Sabretooth. 
Maybe. I don't know. No. I didn't see. I, mean, I just saw that he turned down a role. Yeah, he ain't that tall. There's no way. They actually approach him um, two or three times to take this role. And he, he finally accepted it. But regardless. Um, and then, yeah, poor Stevenson. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, 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 it's an afterthought. It's an afterthought. If anything, TJ should have gotten the second shot at this. But it's never happened. So He should have. One thing. It's true. If he played Sabretooth, then Wolverine's taller than Sabretooth. And that's not good yeah, for anybody. Yeah, I'm not cool with that. And Captain Cash should have been Sabretooth. Well, then Wolverine's way taller than Sabretooth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I'm I'm nowhere near as... T- I, Thomas Jane and I are literally Whoa, no. the same human. Yeah. No, I, 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 thought, I thought... How tall is uh, what's-his-face? Hugh Jackman's you know, Jackman? like 6'2". Yeah. 6'2". Yeah, he's huge. No. Yeah. Yes, he's a big dude. Which is why everybody was flipping out when he was cast, because Wolverine is small. Oh. But then he went on uh, to just kick ass and take as many names as the world would give him. I didn't realize he was that big. Yeah. Yeah, they, it was one of the original, one of the, not original, but it was a, a casting fanboy hissy fit for a long time. Michael Keaton was obviously another, and there's been several over the years, but that was one yeah. of them. People were not happy. They were nonplussed that Hugh Jackman was Wolverine. All right, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got interesting things about the movie, just a couple of things. And then we're going to do our Punisher quiz. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. It is our final episode of Travolta Month for revengeofthefans.com and we are talking The Punisher uh, we are going to discuss a few interesting things I discovered about this movie we're going to follow it up with a Punisher quiz so first thing as I mentioned really early in the pod uh, the budget for this movie was could have been higher it was supposed to be higher Hensley had asked for around $64 million, and he was only given the $33 million, so and he was also only given 52 days to shoot, which apparently is not a lot of time when you're shooting an action movie, which requires heavy set pieces and the like. As we mentioned, took two days to film his fight with Kevin Nash. So according to the DVD commentary, the first scene of this film would have been set in a battle in Kuwait during the Gulf War. But they had to cut it out for budget reasons. But on an extended cut dvd that was released in november of 2006 i've never seen the extended cut uh they have the black and white stop motion animated scene and i did find that online so i will post that to the social at hops and bo flops nice i checked that out it was based on uh partially done by artist tim bradstreet and uh and a punisher comic book gallery Uh, also in that extended cut there's a scene with Jimmy Weeks, who is played by Russell Andrews. Jimmy Weeks is essentially his FBI partner. And where Castle realizes that it was he who sold him out to Howard Saint and in retaliation forces him to commit suicide. I'm kind of glad they cut that out. Seems a bit unnecessary. I, I don't uh. think... It was his friend. I wouldn't have bought that as the guy who sold him out, it just made more sense to have the gangsters have resources that could figure it out. 
Fair enough. You can read the dialogue well, to that scene online too, and it's kind of grisly. So I'll just say this: I think the uh, Gulf War angle is not that sexy. No, it, it actually compli- it, it complicates things more than it's necessary. Because again, I think as Captain Cash said earlier, we don't want to like. The Punisher. We don't, we don't need to like the Punisher. Well, we don't have to just. We don't have to justify his actions. The Punisher so is a veteran, a, so. Yeah, though that's a big part of who the Punisher is as a vet. But to make him a damaged veteran, I don't. Like, that's, <sighs> yeah, but that's the Punisher. That's who he is. Like legit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I disagree. His, his motivation is not just being a veteran. His motivation is no. that his family is killed. But that's a part no, of you, his identity. Yeah. Well, he, and, he, and but he Castle is a Marine. Yeah. We'll get into it. But he doesn't have to be a Marine for this to make sense, is what I'm saying. But he has to be a man with a certain set of skills. It's like the yeah. if the guy in Taken is a regular beat cop, you don't believe he yeah. can do all the crazy shit he does. Like, the Punisher is so good at all this because he was special ops and he served. I think there's room for the Punisher to grow in his vengeance. You don't have to make it topical. He he can he can pull that in on his own. Well, I think that would betray the, the source more than people would be willing if you just had him just be a guy. I think it's a big part of the identity yeah, of the Punisher. Good point, good point. Good and point. some of the and the best comic book series directly involves it. At the at the very least, you're right. They always make him a, at least a cop. It has to be believable that he can go around and and basically fend him fend off people with with superpowers if necessary. And if he's just a kind of a regular dude, and he's it's it's not very believable. I mean, there's comic books where it's the Punisher versus the entire Marvel universe, or the Punisher versus the entire Marvel universe's zombies, and he wins because he's the Punisher and he's he can figure it out. His battle tactics are superior to theirs. Uh, also on that extended uh, DVD, an extended version of In Time by Mark Colley, the great Harry Heck. Yeah. Uh, I had the soundtrack to this movie, okay. so I also have that song in my iTunes. Uh, Thomas Jane trained nearly seven months with U.S. Navy SEALs, which, to the point of the military, right, like, he trained with some of the best of the best. He put on 20 pounds of muscle for the role. And he is jacked in this movie. That is true. Jonathan Hensley and Roy Scheider, neighbors in New York City for a time. And that's how he cast him as Frank Castle Sr. <laughs> we mentioned this earlier. Well, you mentioned it earlier, Captain Cash. But Joan, Bumpo, Spacker Dave, the Russian, they're all from Welcome Back Frank, which is written by yeah. Garth Ennis, illustrated by Steve Dillon and Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, Timothy Bradstreet, who did some of the art for that Kuwait scene. He illustrated the covers. The declaration uh, that Frank writes, you know, like, if you want peace, prepare for war. Yeah. That's from the Punisher War Journal. And since the great Stanley had very limited involvement with the creation of the original Punisher character, really just changing his name from the assassin to the Punisher, he does not appear in this movie. Good change, though, Stan. Good change. Yeah, no, the assassin is not a great name. Pretty generic. And the Punisher is what he does. So, 
we we do have more fun facts, but they are contained in the Punisher's Declaration of Intent trivia challenge. And the winner of this gets Howard Saint's hairpiece. I still feel like I am owed the hairpieces in Lex Luthor's yacht. They're coming. They're on. <laughs> there's a, there's a snafu with with shipping. They'll be they'll be Fair at your house shortly. Okay. Hmm. Again, that's questionable. A little waterlogged, a little moldy, but they're Listen, coming. I can I can make that work. Uh, and I still owe Chumpzilla a trip to Antarctica. So <laughs> patience, gentlemen. All right. So the Punisher's Declaration of Intent trivia challenge number one. This actor was also considered for the role of the Punisher, but turned it down. Was it A, Hugh Jackman, B, Nicolas Cage, C, Tom Cruise, or D, Stephen Dorff? I can repeat those. I'm going to go B. I'm going Dorff. Nick Cage. All the way. Nicolas Cage, Stephen Dorff. You're both wrong. It's Hugh Jackman, Uh who turned down the role in favor of doing Van Helsing. Smart choice. How would he have been Wolverine and Punisher? That was probably also in his line of thinking. Plus, Van Helsing is the third greatest movie ever made. How could it be? How could it be Wolverine and Helsing? Eh, come on, that's not. That's a false equivalency. Wolverine and the Punisher regularly interact. Yeah, that would have been a little <sighs> more like. Huh. But they, I mean, they were owned by different movie studios. But I'm glad he didn't do it. I think I prefer that he is just the Wolverine. Fair enough. And I also Thomas Jane nailed this role. That said, Jackman would have made a. A decent Punisher. He's big enough for it. Yeah. So we are tied at zeros. Steven Dorf? Oof. Frost from Blade, of course. Yeah. Yes. Number two. This Punisher ally was in the original script before being written out by the director Hensley. Was it A, Amy Bendix, B, George Howe, C, Microchip, or D, Max the Attack Dog? It has to be Microchip. Attack dog. It is microchip. Damn. Boom. Microchip was originally included in an earlier Michael France draft, along with Jigsaw, but was taken out of later drafts because Hensley did not like him. Uh, So instead, they inserted Mickey Duca, uh, who's based on the character Mickey Fundozzi, and made him sort of the ally to Frank. Hensley said this in regards to getting rid of microchip. There are a couple of years where I didn't want to go microchip the battle van all that stuff where it got really high tech we're not going there at all i deem that too complicated too lacking of the spirit of the sort of urban vigilante which if you wanted the urban vigilante why is this set in tampa bay you cheap bastards uh the punisher doesn't just go around blowing people away Eh, he sort of does he uses guile and cunning just just as much as he does weaponry and physical combat but that's sort of the point of microchip, is he plays into the guile and cunning. So maybe he just missed the point of microchip, who, Clearly. by the way, was done very excellently in the Netflix series. Come on, Disney Plus, bring it back. Just run it back. One more season. Who could it hurt? It is one nothing, Captain Cash. Number three, mm. in this film, Frank Castle is a veteran of the 1990s Gulf War. That is a deviation from his comic roots, in which he served in what war? Oh, I know this. Vietnam. 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 I won't give you multiple choice because there's really only three options anyways, 
It's World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War is very important to the character of Frank Castle, in my opinion, especially considering how that war went and how that war is now viewed. So, Yeah, well, that's the thing that I like about the Mac series. Yeah. It, it kept... Frank was always a Vietnam veteran and just aged him appropriately. Well, and he was obviously very upset about his role in the world. He he did not feel like accepted and honored for his service. He was an anti-hero all the way through. Why is Rambo such a great... Rambo First Blood. The rest of them are not as great, but I still love him. Right? Because he's a guy who went and served the country and did what what he thought was a good thing and he comes back and he's rejected by society and he's treated like he's some sort of criminal uh number four and here's why to me thomas jane is the best punisher because yes this film languished in development hell which resulted in his eventual departure and john and hensley's eventual departure but thomas jane was not done playing the punisher he came back no, no. in a funded fan-made fi- film. And what was the name of that film? I know this. Oh, I should, yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, I can give you multiple choice if necessary. I don't need multiple choice. I do. I do. Is it The Punisher War Journal? Is it Hunting Frank Castle? Or is it Dirty Laundry? Dirty Laundry. It is dirty laundry. It is dirty laundry. And that, to me, it's like 12 minutes long. I'll post it to social, which premiered at 2012 San Diego Comic Con, is the great. best live action scene yes. of The Punisher ever. It is amazing. Thomas Jane said of the project, I wanted to make a fan film for a character I've always loved and believed in, a love letter to Frank Castle and his fans. It was an incredible experience with everyone on the project throwing in their time just for the fun of it. One of those people, Ron Perlman. It's been a blast to be a part of from start to finish. We hope the friends of Frank enjoy watching it as much as we did making it. It is incredible. Now, Hunting Frank Castle, that is actually another fan film that I found on YouTube. So I can post that as well. Uh, It's not as good as Dirty Laundry, but I also think it probably lacked the same pedigree behind the camera, etc. and so on, because it's just a traditional fan film. But kudos to the guy who made it. Now, you are still down by one. Fortunately for you, Chumpzilla, this last question, which has no multiple choice, is for two points. And it's a callback to Samantha Mathis when I referred to her as double-dipping the John Travolta chip. Because both her and Thomas Jane starred with John Travolta in separate 1990s movies. Can you name oh, them? Fuck. I have a hint prepared if necessary. Please, hint me. They were directed by the same person. That is what not a great hint. What are you doing in the 90s? I mean, mm. it's not Deep Blue Sea. I'll give you another hint. John Travolta and Thomas Jane shared zero scenes together in their movie. I'm trying to remember what he I'm was. still dying. Um... That is a good point, though, Captain Cash. Thomas Jane has now shared the screen with both Jules and Vincent Vega. <laughs> He's essentially like the third hitman from Pulp Fiction. The director, third hit, 
was John Woo. Okay. Was it, was he in a, in a Mission Impossible movie? No. But he did do ah, Mission shit. Impossible 2. These were before Mission Impossible 2. I think. God, okay, I'm out. After it, but Look, right right now I'm up by one. We've already Some, talked about it. Godzilla can name it. And but we it's, discussed it's not, it. Oh, hold on, it's not Face Off. Oh, it is Face Off. Thomas Jane is in the prison in Face Off. Wow. Are you serious? Yes. No. Yep, he's no. in the prison with fake caster Troy when Travolta is cage. <laughs> Cause, cause, uh, that, that was the movie that my mind was focused on. But like, I, I, don't, I don't remember seeing Thomas Jane in there. It is face-off. It is face-off. Are you serious? Which makes Samantha no. Mathis no. the romantic foil to Christian yeah, Slater yeah. Okay, okay. in Broken Arrow. Wow. Yeah. My brain is broken. Wow. Well, okay. good news. Yeah. Because you won John Travolta's hairpiece, Captain Cash, I'm throwing in... Thomas Jane's hair dye. The knife that, in fact, stabbed Big Sexy Kevin Nash, autographed by fake Kevin Nash, Kane. In his Where's Waddle outfit. Couldn't get Kevin Nash to sign it. But I got fake Kevin Nash, the fake Diesel Kane, to sign it. So, that's coming your way. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back... We're just doing recommendations. Uh, We'll preview a couple future episodes. We'll be right back. We are back on Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. We're going to do quick recommendations, preview a couple episodes, and then we are done with Travolta Month. I'm shedding a single tear as we speak. Although... This month can definitely return because I think the next time we just have to do movies about Travolta racing vehicles. So trading paint, uh, speed kills. There's a, there's a yes. host of movies we can choose from. He's in so many bad movies. Poor John Travolta. So my recommendation for the week is the 2004 Punisher miniseries. So it came out the same year as this. The Punisher Born, which was written by Garth mm. Ennis and illustrated by Derek Robertson. Shout out to the who boys. Who we met. Who we did meet. Who we met. Uh, and it is, it's a four-issue series. Uh, it's incredible. It's brutal. It shows you that how the hell of war kind of contributed to his eventual transformation to the gun-toting vigilante that he becomes. The cost of war on his, on his psyche. It's a really good series. I'm not sure if you can get it digital. I have it. I have like original first run issues that I bought a few years ago. It's fantastic. The art's awesome. If you like Garth Ennis, you understand that he's not afraid to go dark with anything or brutal with anything. <laughs> that's so, basically his whole mo. That's my recommendation. I was gonna recommend. Uh, I was gonna recommend another Thomas Jane movie. So. If you if you like sea. to watch another Thomas Jane movie, watch Stander, where he is a South African police captain that decides he's for the hell of it he's going to rob banks, and it's a great movie. It was uh, released very small scale. It's free on Tubi. It's it's really good. It's probably his best performance. I'm actually somewhat interested to hear Thomas Jane do a South African yeah, accent. It's good. You should you should watch it. 
So those are my two things. Chumpzilla? Okay, so my recommendation is going to be a little, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm going to back my, my previous statements. Go watch the 1989 version of The Punisher starring Dolph Lundgren. Don't, don't do it. Do it. Available do it. on YouTube. I, I will say available on Laserdisc, <laughs> YouTube and Laserdisc. It's got some of the same issues as, as the 04 version. It's clearly not shot in New York. It's shot in California, and it deviates from the source material. It's not that great, but I do find it much more entertaining. The action scenes are great, and it's it's more of your standard 80s type of action. A lot of gunplay and Uzis, and it's good times, you know. And the plot is more straightforward; it's not quite as convoluted, and it skips the whole origin story. You know, you don't have to bother with that. It goes kind of right into things. You've got the '80s style action with scuba ninjas, sleazy bad guys, a shootout in an amusement park, which is awesome. They use the slides. It's great. You got a booze delivering robot truck, which is just bizarre, but it's there and you'll see it. And it's got a better action set piece on a boat dock than the Tom Jane movie. There are parts of this. What's that? Shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. And again, it doesn't take itself too seriously until the end. And I'm not, not going to lie. This movie gets real weird at the end. I will say this again. I'm giving this movie way too much credit, but it does have a healthy dose of racism. I'll say that it's not very culturally so zero. sensitive. Zero racism. Cause that's a healthy dose of racism. Zero. No, it's got quite a bit <laughs> strong selling. Yeah, points. You're really bringing this home. Yeah. Hey, listeners, don't you really want to watch this dated movie with shitty action scenes and casual racism? <laughs> the shitty action scenes are great, but the casual ra- the casual racism is a problem because it does also have a fair amount of just outdated 80s sensibilities. But it's a product <laughs> of the time. It's a product of the time. And, hey, back in the day, between this and the 1990s Captain America movie, this is all we had. So let's not judge. This is it. Well, no, I'm going to judge both of those movies. <laughs> no, you can't judge, because this is all we had. I'm going to judge the Incredible Hulk made-for-TV movie where the Daredevil comes in the hospital and he's skipping around like a Christmas elf. We must judge all of these things. I'll see if I can find that clip, because it is a sight to behold. Captain Cash, what's your recommendation? Because it's TJ, and because it's relevant, and I think I've done this at least once before on this podcast, The Expanse. The Expanse is on Amazon Prime. Season 4 comes out, well, it's next Friday, whatever it is, I think the, the 13th. 13th. Yeah. Season four is out. You have now until the 13th to get caught up. Go check it out. It's great. Okay. All right. So uh, we are at our end. Next week, 
We've got Terminator Dark Fate because it did not do well. Captain Cash, have you seen it yet? Oh, shit, no. Get your ass to Mars. It's going to be out of theater. Get your ass to the theater. Very soon. Come uh, on, go. It's not going it's to be terrible. there. And a curveball. We're not going to follow that up with our top five comic book movies of any variety. Jingle all the way. We're following it up with Jingle All the Way, the Arnold Christmas classic, the anti-consumerism movie of the cinch. It is the season after all. So we bid you adieu with this. And we hope you like this song because we're going to play it at your funeral. Play us out, Chumpzilla. <laughs> <laughs>